0: Super Bowl Sunday and uh, just just curious so uh, Chief fans all right wow you went wild (laughs) Buccaneer fans
1: Brady fans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the, for, today the yeah. bag goes yeah, the I, safe. the money I, bag. Okay. I'm uh, 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 cheering for the Chiefs. You can send that with I'll me since so I don't have you, the bag. Right? That's, fine. Always, uh, That's fine. Dee Dee's not even here this right, right, right. week. Right, yeah. This is when you pray. They don't say something you okay, don't want thank them to you. say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. The, uh, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. And the, the bad news in that is every single playoff game this year, the team I have rooted for has lost. <laughs> every one of them. Every one. So, uh, yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, continuing our series vibe. And uh, the, the vibes that you listen to, the vibes you focus on, are powerful. You know, some some vibes are good, and some vibes are not good. And those vibes influence your attitude, they determine your direction, and they tend to to control your life. And I have said through this series that, you know, culture is a bit negative. I mean, the the vibes these days are are pretty, pretty negative, and my as i look at it i think there's too much hate and not enough love it seems like there are too many needs and not enough opportunities and supplies and my estimation is there's too much fear and not enough peace in this world and uh, in the midst of all this negativity, the, the battle, I'll call it, the struggle, the good news of Jesus Christ is needed more than it's ever been needed. You know, it's interesting in, in the midst of all the challenges we, we've had as a, as a country and as a people, I have watched people rise up, so to speak. Uh, there, I've had many in the church that have caught me and just said, you know, what can I do? You know, I've, I've watched uh, Christ followers that have leveraged their, their talents and their giftedness to, to help other people. I've seen people step up financially in, in things. And in the midst of the, this chaos, the time when things are kind of cut back, they're shrinking, people go, what's the church need? You know, what, what, what way can I help? And this is what I take out of this. Your focus will determine how you think. And what you think, those thoughts, will determine how you live in, in your life. And if you live with the thinking, hey, things might run out, I, I, I got to hold on to this, you will go one way in your life. If you live with the thinking, there's more where that came from, you will go another direction. And where you land and how you think is largely determined by what you focus on. If you, your focus is, you're looking at it and you go, well, I'm not, I'm not really sure where I'm at. I, I think it's really easy to track because it, it plays out in our wallet, so to speak. You know, and I what I want to do is is kind of break it down in a way. I believe the a mentality of scarcity by definition is the belief that there's not going to be enough. You know, the, the prophet Haggai says says this. Says you've planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drank but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but can't keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Anybody relate to that? Yeah, we've all been there at some point. You know, that's that mentality, oh, I I, I just can't get a hit in my life. And in seasons like that, if you're not careful... Scarcity can become a lifestyle for you. It, it, I'm going to suggest that scarcity starts in the mind. You, you think, and what happens is it becomes a cycle, and it becomes your life. You know, God supplies all your needs. You do know that, right? Every perfect gift that you have, whatever it is, is a gift from God. God supplies And so what do we do? We consume, and when we consume, we start to lack, and then guess what happens? We start to fear. You know, the fact is that there's this cycle that's built into us, that supply, consume, fear, supply, consume, fear, and fear tends to fuel our consumption, so to speak. You know, I saw it uh, played out in an odd way, you might say. But my observation when uh, COVID-19 hit, it is a uh, respiratory disease or virus. It is not an intestinal virus. But we experienced a shortage of toilet paper during this. Anybody go? Wow, shelves are empty. I mean, it, I. I I've tried to process that a little bit. You know, the, the fact is, everywhere you go, the shelves were empty. People were hoarding toilet paper. And here's my, what I kind of pulled out of it. Uh, the fact is, there was not a greater need all of a sudden. There was a greater fear. It didn't make much sense. But the mindset, oh, no, there might not be any. What did it do? It started driving people. And scarcity, that mentality, that that vibe drives people. You can operate with a different mentality, but it's a choice you have to make. You know, we're, we're called by God to live from a perspective of abundance in our life. Uh, Abundance, by definition, it's the belief that there is enough. There, there will be more. Where that come from? In fact, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to Christ followers in Ephesus, and he writes, he says, "Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within who, us, within us." Christ followers, you know, scarcity is a fiction. It is not true, it is not rational. It, It doesn't make much sense. The fact is God is able to do abundantly more, way more than we can imagine. God provides in ways that you can't even begin to understand sometimes. And when we live in opposition to that kind of living, we end up out of step, I think, in our lives. Abundance has nothing to do with how much money you got in your bank account or how many rolls of toilet paper are sitting in your pantry. But it has everything to do with how you think, your mindset. It has everything to do with who sits on the throne in your life. You know, Jesus, he gave this warning in John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it, what? Abundantly. You were created by God to live abundantly in your life. So, so how do you protect yourself from that mentality, that negative vibe, that, that mindset of scarcity that tends to want to steal from you, to kill, to ultimately destroy you. You know, there's an Old Testament story. Um, I've always liked it. It's uh, the widow and the prophet Elisha, not Elijah, but Elisha. And, and the widow comes to uh, Elisha and says, my, hus- my husband, your servant is dead. You know that he revered the Lord. He loved the Lord. Yet now, his creditors have come to take my two children into servitude." So apparently this wife, her husband dies. He had taken out a loan. It, it's come due at this point. And so this dead has created a, a t- terrible situation. It says, Elijah answered her, "'What am I to do for you? "'Tell me what you have in the house?' She replied, this servant of yours has nothing in the house but a jug of oil. Just got a jug of oil. And, and here's what I love about the story, because God's about to do a miracle through something that seems like a nothing. You know, at the, the this time, uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, was uh, kind of, they were kind of messed up. And so, the fact is, they had wandered away from God. They turned their backs on God. The king had really pointed them toward false gods. And so, when this widow says that her husband had honored God, loved God, revered God, what she was saying was, "We're some of the few that are left that are that are faithful to God. Yet, the, my situation now is very dire." You know, she's questioning it. Now, I'm reading between the lines here. I believe this woman is angry at God. Why? She's been faithful. Her husband was faithful. Her family had been faithful. But she can't pay off this debt that she's got. And the law in that day was if you couldn't pay off the debt, then somebody had to work it off. And so Citibank is coming to her home to gather her children to work off the debt, all right? This woman's freaking out. She's run out of options. And here's what I know. Some of you, just hearing that much of the story, it resonates. You know, because maybe you're here today, and maybe things are tight, or maybe there's a situation and so you're trying to deal with it, and you're thinking, I've been faithful, why? Why, am I, why do I got to go through this stuff? And so what I want to do is look at some principles that I think help us navigate in times like this. And, and the first one is this. Do not diminish what you have. The, this widow diminishes what she has. You, you see it in, in her language, the, the oil that she possessed. I mean, it was an incredibly small amount, apparently. Insignificant to her. She looks around the house and goes, yeah, I don't have anything. Wow, well, I, I got a little bottle of oil. What you have ain't nothing. What you have ain't nothing. The fact is, because in God's hands, what you have is a blessing, and it is something. And we tend to, to get this all messed up. I mean, you follow the, the, this conversation, and you look at it, and you focus on Elisha, and then you focus on the, the widow, and they are very different perspectives that they have. I mean, one of them focuses on the scarcity, And one of them is focusing on the abundance. Elijah says, what do you have in the house? Look around, what do you got? I mean, abundance asks that. What do you have? And scarcity, it fixates on what do you lack in life? Two different focuses, two different vibes, and I would argue two very different ways to live. If you spend more time complaining about your problems than acknowledging your blessings, I will tell you that your life will trend toward negativity. You will live a very, very different life than God intended. It just changes everything. And God wants us to to break free from that mentality. Because the reality is you have more than you think. There, There is more good in your life. There is more blessings in your life. There are more resources in your life than you even begin to think or realize. Here's a second thought. God often does great things through what seems insignificant and small. You know, a farmer, a farmer would never uh, reap a abundance of harvest if they believed that that tiny little bitty seed was nothing. See, a farmer, farmer knows the value of a seed. The farmer knows and understands that that seed, when you plant it, it, it becomes something. It, and it's the same with faith. As we sow in, in faith, that's where God works exponentially in our lives. You know, the, in the story, uh, we're going to see the, this widow. She's freaking out. She's telling God God, and telling the, the prophet. She says, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I have a debt. I can't pay the debt. They're, they're coming to get my children. You know, what, what are we going to do here? And it says, he said, go out, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, As many empty vessels as you can. Then come back, close the door on yourself and your children, pour the oil into all the vessels, and as each is filled, set it aside. See, he knew God was about to do something. And so she follows his instructions, and she goes and gets all these jars and stuff, and and she comes, comes back, and it says, so she went out, she closed the door on herself and her children, and as they handed her vessels, she would pour in oil. When all the vessels were filled, she said to her, son, bring me another vessel. He answered, there is none left, and the oil stopped. So she went from all I have is this little bit of oil to a room full of oil. Now, you've got to get this. This is the important part. God often does the extravagant, the outrageous through what seems insignificant to us. And I, I think, well, why is that? Well, that's because nobody gets credit for it other, except God. I can't take credit for it. It's why the Bible, uh, the Bible doesn't say, if you have faith the size of this universe, if you have really big faith, You can say that mountain, be moved, and it will move. Scripture doesn't say that. Scripture says just the opposite. It says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, the tiniest little seed that you can imagine, if you have really small faith, just a a little bit, God will do something great from what seems insignificant. God will move. Now, I've often said uh, it's really the principle of, of tithing, uh, giving the first 10% to, to God. You know, the prophet uh, Malachi he says this. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And that day, uh, it was to the Jewish temple. Today, it's a local church. But it says, that there may be food in my house, God says, I'm going to resource the the ministries of the church. This is how I'm going to do it. It says, test me in this. Only place in Scripture, God says, test me. In fact, uh, uh, numerous times throughout Scripture, you're told, do not test God. Do not do that. Bad, bad idea. But here... Only place God says, "Test me in, in this, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it." I talk to people all the time on this topic. People, go, you know, why why God pick a percent? You know, well, I mean, God God was concerned uh, about trying to resource the church. He could have used an amount, I guess, you know. God could have said, hey, bring $20,000 to the storehouse. But that wouldn't work real well. I mean, the church would be fueled. I mean, ministries would be fueled, and we'd be able to make a difference in missions. But it also would preclude a lot of people. It would keep people from experiencing what I believe is the miracle of provision in life. You know, because everybody could give 10%. I mean, a six-year-old child can experience God's blessing in that. God does the extravagant, and this is what I want you to understand. God does the extravagant when you plant it, whatever it is, when you put it in the ground, when, when you put it into the storehouse, it becomes more than it is. It becomes more than you can see. I mean, from a human perspective, we can't quite grasp this. But that's why it's important we do not diminish what God's given to us. What you have is more than enough in God's hands, in God's hands. And there's one one more principle that I think is important and that is God's abundance oftentimes comes before with your faith you know taking that step of faith you know the the widow she has an insignificant amount of oil I don't know how much it doesn't say but it apparently wasn't even enough to hardly bother she's like yeah I guess I got some oil so she goes to her neighbors she borrows jars from them and she brings all those empty jars back now she's got a room full of empty jars and then she takes her oil that she had and she starts pouring that oil into the empty oil. And she keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and she fills it. Now, scripture doesn't say this, but I'm thinking, she's pouring, she's like, I only had four ounces and this is a 36-ounce jar. What, what is going on? She's trying to make sense of it. Her children get her another jar. And she pours and pours, pours. She fills it. And another one and another one. And she keeps doing this. She had to be baffled until every jar in that room was filled. And then it says the oil stopped, ran out. She goes to Elijah and she tells him what's what's happened. And he says to her, he says, go sell the oil to pay off your creditors with what remains you and your children can live. Friends, I think we get it backwards. You know, I I believe most people go, I want to be generous. I want to trust God. But we get caught. You know, we get caught in a mindset when... When God gives me more, then I'll be generous. You know, if I had a little more, and the fact is God would love to give you more, but the fact is you've got to pour first. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. God, if you just give me more of this, then I'd pour, I'd do that. It does not work that way. Any area of your life, pick an area. It does not work that way. Whatever you have, talents, gifts, money, whatever, when you pour, something miraculous happens and you find you have more of whatever it is. God God trusts you with more as you take that first faithful step, whatever it is. And as you're faithful, what happens is the opportunities open up. The sphere of influence opens up. The responsibilities begin to stack up and and because God begins to open those doors. You know, I have lived in both seasons in my life. I have had times of scarcity, and I've had times of plenty in in my life. And I I was thinking back over it uh, this past week, I mean, preparing my message, and I, I was like, I think when I didn't have much, it actually was easier then because I, I kind of had the mentality, I was like, well, what do I got to lose? You know, it, it's pretty bad and it's tight and all that. And so I, I just had a little faith and I'd pour. And, and somehow, and I cannot explain it, and I could spend the whole morning just show you where God moved, God moved, God moved because it had nothing to do with me other than i just pour and, and wait and say, okay, God, not sure how this is gonna play out, but always had enough, and in many places had more than enough. But I, I think what happens is as you get more, as God blesses, we we start living in that abundance and all of a sudden, you look at your jar. It's not nothing anymore. It's something. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a lot. And so then it starts this battle in us, this battle of, will I have faith? You know, will I continue to pour? Or will, will I, I start storing this stuff? And I need to protect it. It's something now. And so what happens is you, you tighten grip and then you go "Eh, here's a little tip god because we got all this stuff and i i've asked this often you know those times when i get in that moment it's like you know kind of struggle do my possessions possess me you know do the things i own own me And I I think the only way you overcome that that prison uh, of this materialism is you find an empty jar and you pour out your life. And, friends, this is bigger than. I know some of you have already fixed that. It's like, oh, money. No, it's bigger. It's bigger than that. It's time, it's talent. It's how we live our life as we embrace the world. Because when you pour out your life, making a difference in people's lives, making a difference in the kingdom of God, as you pour that out, you, you begin to experience that abundant life that you so long for. And I know some of you are stuck spiritually in your life. And can I, I encourage you to just do a little assessment if you feel like that's where you're at. You're like, yeah, I'm just stuck here. Because most of the time when you get stuck spiritually, it's been my experience personally, is because I start loving and living for the things of this world. And you got to change the mentality and say, okay, I got to pour. And when you start pouring... God starts redefining you, helping you find a a new way, to find a new attitude, and you find that abundance in the midst of it, and what happens is you get unstuck. I I am absolutely sure that the world, when they look at the church and they look at Christ followers, they look and go, they are some bizarre people, just strange. You know why? Why? I think they look at us strangely because we pour out everything. God gives it, we use it. God gives it, we pour it out. God gives us a talent, we pour it out. It's the life we're called to live. You know, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking to to Christ followers, and he says, give joyfully. You know, whatever it is, give joyfully of your talents. Give joyfully at the office. Give joyfully to to your neighbors, people that are hurting, people that are struggling. Give joyfully and make a difference. And then Paul says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work, every opportunity. Paul, Paul, a few verses later, he's going to clarify this for us. And it really has to do with the the generosity of our heart and how how we're oriented in our lives. He says, in uh, verse 11, he says, you will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. See, I believe that one moment on the other side, when I take my first breath in eternity, that there will be people that will thank for the way you've lived. One one second on the other side. There will be people that go, I'm here because of you, because of what you did. And I believe there'll be a lot of thanksgiving. But friends, We serve a God that says when we pour, when we pour ourselves into our community, when we pour ourselves wherever we go, when we pour whatever blessings we have and allow God to use them, God refills them. And there's always more. There's always more when we live that way. It's a different way to live different vibe let's bow in a word of prayer our holy God God we praise you you have provided so much God help us to focus on what we have not what we don't have God help us to be faithful to be people that pour God help us to pour out our life in every way. Help us to make a difference wherever wherever it is that we live, work, play. God may people always look and go, you know what, they're generous. They trust God. God, may we give you the glory with all we say and do. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. We'll close with this again.